Welcome back to WNST and Baltimore Positive. And I can't think of anything more positive than the, the, the confluence of events here. Gary Vaynerchuk joining me as Andrew Zimmern joins me. Had both of you on last year separately, not together. And I've since traveled the world. I have the Baltimore Positive Initiative going from yep. guys like you motivating you, me last year. You motivating me. We got to talk sushi. We got to talk Kobe steak. We got to talk me going to Japan and all that. But I got to get all of you guys on together. What are you guys here promoting? Let's get that out of the way because I know your hunger and taste always, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, when, when Gary walked up, there's the, the two of us work on a lot of very similar things, have a lot of uh, friends in common, and I learn as much as I do about entrepreneurial thought and action, about how to run my life, how, how to, crush to it. how to how to do what I need to do and retain the right mindset uh, from people like Gary, than, uh, well, from Gary in particular, than just about anybody. So it's always great to see him. Anyway. Oh, what see is, that? What are you doing here, my friend? I am here because I'm just practicing for the day the New York Jets get here. <laughs> <laughs> this is pure practice. Um, you know, just end the season. J E T S. Hey there's Jets. the Super Bowl three program it, right bro. up there. I man. saw I got it. it right. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Vayner Sports, right? My brother and I, four years ago, got, got officially into the business that we love so much. So we have a we have DJ Reed who's a San Francisco 49er in the game that we rep at Vayner Sports, so we're here to support him. Um, and then, um, and then, then you build around that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and honestly, like this, right? To Andrew's point, we'll, we'll DM on Twitter or Instagram and throw a like or a heart or a positive vibe towards each other, but we don't, you know, when you're running fast and hard and living your lives and family, like, what's great about the Super Bowl for me is that the serendipity of who you get to run into and say hello. And for me, I'm such a human dude. You know, it's so funny. I'm such an enigma this way. I'm so prolific on the digital stuff. But both of you, I think, you're, you're set, you, I think you're sensing, you know this, like, I, I love the human part. I use digital as the gateway to get to the human part. Using digital to build the relationship that leads to the way we feel towards each other right now, this is what people miss. They think digital's bad. I'm like, you don't understand. We would not be feeling the way we feel about each other right this second had we not had the 17 digital interactions the last six years. You raise a really good point because people are always uh, condemning condemning social media. We've met once before. One other time. Okay. Here's here's the thing. People are always condemning social media, and I'm always saying when I go away, I don't want to unplug. I want to unplug during the day so I'm focused on my son because we're on vacation. But at night, I want to plug back in and touch base. And the reason is, is I get to follow and learn and explore and I get to expand my mind by everything that I see in the digital space, whether that's social media, websites, you know, videos, whatever. And then it enhances the physical connection when I see someone. I have never met Joel Osteen. We travel in completely different (laughs) worlds. I'm a nice Jewish kid from New York. (laughs) You know, his thing is his thing. Yep. Huge respect. You know, I don't want to yuck on anyone's yum. But we're in two different worlds. I just met him. I know who he is. He knows who I am. We, we shared a hug and 15 seconds, and it, it was hysterically fun. And it's one of the things that I love about coming. There's no other place that I can think of where for four or five days there are so many fascinating people all in town, all doing things, and you get to touch base with stuff, and you get, I don't know, uh, energized when I leave here. I'm filled with new thoughts and new ideas, and I feel better than when I got here. Well, Always, me, every you're, year. You're also in control. Like, when Andrew was talking, the best part of that was, if he wants to plug in, he Mm -hmm. should be able to plug in. What's the alternative? He's gonna read a book? 
all of a sudden we have to put a book on a pedestal? Like, why should I impose my book reading value on him? Mm-hmm. Why, why should he watch TV? Like, is it better to watch Netflix than it is to go on Twitter? Like, I, this is about options. This is about accountability. If you feel like you're burnt out, stop using Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just fascinated. Which is super healthy, by the way, to take breaks just with everything. I mean, you can overdo anything, right? And then, and then to that point, much like, let's say, food, some people can eat a certain amount of food and <laughs> yes. be one way and certain others. My capacity for the, you know, invigoration I get from human interaction is higher than others. I'm <laughs> deeply extroverted. I wildly love people. Me too. I'm super curious. It's super enjoyable to me. My spiritual guru once said, something to me when I came into sobriety 28 years ago I was a user of people and a taker of things I hid I I I I didn't want anyone to see me. I was I had so much shame. Now I'm the exact opposite, and it's because one of my sponsors early on, first year, 27, 28 years ago, said to me, Andrew, all those shadows out there that you see? And I'm like, yes. He says, they're people. Those are other people. And literally, it changed my mindset. Yeah. I am a people guy. People tell, ask me all the time, oh, you do this food show. I said, no, I do a people show. I do a show about exploring culture. All my shows are about it. My new show on MSNBC is about exploring politics and civics, but I do it through food. But at the end of the day, it's about the people. It's always about the people. People are endlessly fascinating to me, whether it was the guy That's I met awesome. on the street standing in line, you know, moving in here uh, with a thousand other folks, whether it's you, the, the, my server last night at the restaurant doesn't matter. People, I'm exactly people. Same. or Baker Mayfield, who was much smaller than I thought he. he would I, be. I am wildly on the same page. I, I am visceral to people pegging people on different levels of pedestal. You can be excited to see Joe Montana, mm-hmm. but to treat Joe Montana in a certain level of humanity versus the way you would treat the person that's serving you at your fancy Rayo's pop-up dinner tonight <laughs> is unacceptable. That's culty, not, that's not human. It's less about culty, it's about do you treat humans the same? And, and what is that actually grounded in? So for me, yes, it was good manners that my mom taught me. I, it went way beyond that. It's that I like people. I would guess that for you, like me, at a certain point in your life, you had to decide, how do I, Gary, how do I, Andrew, want to show up? How do I want to show up and be seen in the world? Do I want to be someone who's seen as a user of people and a taker of things? Or do I want to be seen as someone seen as someone who always brings something and to it? Do I want to be someone who's, who Ready? represents Ready? kindness? Or do I want to be someone my, who represents taking? It's my entire take on life. All I care about is legacy. All I care about yeah. is reputation. All mm-hmm. I care about is how many people are going to show up to my funeral. How much, like... It's why I'm successful on I'm social. I'm going to say nice things. I just want to trade baseball cards <laughs> with you. Listen, listen, though. This is very important because it's going to bring value to people on the show because mm-hmm. a lot of people are trying to figure out this new world we all live in. Mm-hmm. There's a very easy way to build an audience on, in life, let alone on social. It's the same game. If you're the one that provides more value, you win. 99% of the posts from this Super Bowl from people is going to be, look how fancy I am, mm-hmm. look who I'm with, look where I went. What value does that bring to the other person? For me, it's how do I put out something that actually brings value? It's, it's so fun. I was having this discussion with someone yesterday who was saying, why am I getting no relevance? And I hate to, you know, sidetrack into a how to do social media thing. But I just looked at him and I said, you know, there's nothing in there but look at me. How about, me, you know, me. elevating someone else? Instagram. How about, how, but, but you, can, you can have a call so to follow, action. So follow the people that bring value. Yes. It's perfect. not Instagram's fault. And always, it's the people. And always have some kind of call to action. That doesn't mean closing a sale. 
That doesn't mean closing the sale. That just means a call oh, to action. 100%. Like, hey, investigate this book. Oh, hey, follow this guy. Oh, hey, 100%. read this you know, blog. All right, so Andrew, the epicenter of all this was New York. Yes. I met you at Blogs with yes. Balls. I'm going to tell a New York story. Uh, and a New York guy, look at this. I love you, pal. Keep love doing you too. it. Hey, See you later, thanks for stopping by. Happy to do it. Appreciate it, man. Jets. Jets. Not next year. Not next year. Not next year. Let me get uh, Gary's mic down. Andrew Zimmer. So I have to thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, Taste of the NFL is coming up. We're going to kick hunger. We're going to do all that cool yep. stuff in a minute. Um, the reason, um, and last year I had you on, it was under circumstances where someone else sat down, a Super Bowl winning uh, wide receiver in San Antonio Holmes. I, you sent me to New York for Korean snow ice on an episode yeah. right off of Madison Square Garden in, in Koreatown in New York. It has put me on this journey that took me into downtown Seoul about eight weeks ago, finding Korean barbecue and Korean wings and Korean things. And I just want to say, th- you know, thanks for that because I've had a lot of Korean snow ice. Free plug for Saru out on 40 West. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, 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 eating does... to. to, to jump on to what you were talking about. It, it takes you around the world. I'm going to Cologne to get schnitzel in about eight weeks with my wife, and mm-hmm. I just can't wait to get there and have schnitzel and, and Kolsch in the, Cologne. The, the, the crispy uh, veal and pork shanks in Cologne, Where? even better than the schnitzel. Send me somewhere. Let's go. Let's, let's I'll, go. I'll let you. I have to... As much as I'd like to pretend that I'm a human encyclopedia, I actually have to look in my... I keep yeah, these recall. things... Well, no, I, have, I, I remember a lot of stuff, probably more than most people. Uh, but for some smaller cities that I only get to a handful of times, uh, but I'll look in my computer when we're done and I'll let you know. All right. But Cologne's an amazing... It's an amazing city. It's the... I mean, look, schnitzel is good all over Germany, but, you know, if, if you're in Cologne, there are certain other things that... Let's go. I would steer you towards. Yeah, I gotta have you on my phone so I know what's good and what's bad and what's ugly. Uh, but, you know, for, for you, let's get back onto the hunger thing and taste. Yep. Uh, I've known Wayne Kostrowski all these years. You've been kind mm-hmm. enough to come over here and spend a little time and, uh, you know, give me some food tomorrow night, perhaps, if I make it down to the diplomat uh, that I love, because it's beautiful. Thoughts about where we are in the world? Because I'm I'm doing Baltimore positive now, and I mean, you see the well, logo here, we do. Here's the I'm issue. Feeding people. Feeding people here's in our the cities, issue. right? Here's the issue. We've been, you know, for the last 20 years, uh, we've not been able to get that far ahead of the hunger, food scarcity issue in America. Uh, roughly, depending on what stat you pay attention to, anywhere between uh, one quarter and one fifth of Americans don't know where their next day's meals are coming from. Uh, that includes the same percentage of children in the greatest country in the history of civilization, that is no longer a national embarrassment. To me, that's criminal. So we have, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of organizations, institutions, human beings working day and night to solve the hunger issue. Uh, one of them is Taste of the NFL, which is a hunger relief organization best known for its Saturday night party before the Super Bowl because that's where we raise our most Don't money. Don't rub it in. However, Baltimore. remember you're in Baltimore. Don't rub it in. However, you know, we are 364 uh, five-day-a-year organization. So we're raising millions of dollars and tons of awareness every single uh, year to fight this problem. But the numbers don't really go down that far. We have an endemic problem in this country that as we've been pouring more money, as we've been pouring more resources into helping the hungry, those less fortunate, those who are on the lopsided on the equity table, um, 
the people who are marginalized, the people who have fallen the furthest away, one of the big challenges that we have is that we keep widening the gulf between the haves and have-nots, and we keep adding to our population. So it's kind of like pouring cups of water at a time into a bucket that has a couple of holes in it. And are we gaining traction? Yes, some years more than others. Is it enough? No, because I think this is a relatively easy problem to solve. We have to have civic mindset that it is no longer okay to have hungry people in America. Once we have that civic mindset and we get our our representatives in government to start talking about real kitchen table issues during election time, then we can make some change because then we can put some legal teeth behind this where it's no longer okay. I'll give you one quick example. We have a horrific problem with feeding kids in schools. Morning snacks, breakfasts, uh, Among lunch, all, uh, after uh, school. I'm just picking have. one yeah, food right, issue. Just course. one. Yeah. School lunch program. Every single thing in the American public school system, public school system is free. The bus transportation in the morning is free. The teacher shows up. You know, kids don't have to take a dollar out of their pocket and give her the money or him the money. And we think of transportation is fundamental, right? Fundamental. Food. Not fundamental. Has to be paid for. A la carte. And it's run like a restaurant, even though it's a restaurant in sheep's clothing. So the problem for me becomes one of if we don't put some legislative teeth behind this, if we don't move... To, and for those not well-versed in it, the solution is uh, eliminate the SNA, eliminate all of this pay-for-eat stuff, and just have a national school lunch program. The same way kids well, these are people can take transportation to school. You know what I mean? This is well, not- this is not... It's actually not them. The people who think ketchup is a vegetable are those that are trying to make the numbers work. They're part of the problem. They're a symptom of it. I think the the problem, uh, the real root cause of the problem, the tree from which the poison fruit has fallen, is that as Americans, we've been we're accepting the con that we can't change how our kids are fed in school. We can this change is the way it's always been. Correct. Right, yeah. We can change how our kids are fed in school. And once you get into the nuts and bolts of the problem, and this is the kind of stuff that we tackle on my new series on MSNBC starting February 16th, All right, there 9 we o'clock go. Eastern. Because I didn't have notes. I didn't have notes. I no, it no just, notes. It marries, he just likes me and comes it, by. No, it marries. <laughs> here's the thing. It, it marries, you know, for, I've been doing TV for 15 years at Lifestyle Networks. Um, I'm still working at Lifestyle Networks. Um, I'm making a show right now that airs in October on a lifestyle network um, that's part of the family of networks that Bizarre Foods was a part of. But my new show on MSNBC is about civics and food because there are so many of these issues where the best way to tell someone about our problem with food inequity in America is not with a talking head behind a desk with a 30-second clip and a 30-second soundbite. The best way uh, to illuminate these issues is to send a human correspondent out on the road telling stories through something that everyone can relate to, in this case, actual food stories, uh, about these civic issues, and there you have What's Eating America and me being in it. All right, something in the last year, some place you've gone that's really cool, that's a place I need to experience. And, and the world's big, and I've been a lot of places in the world, but you've been more. So don't say Paris or London or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Give me Like, I want to chase the Northern Lights. Yep. My wife wants to go to Cape Town in South Africa, and I've done some stuff on that this week. But, you know, I've been well, to New too, Zealand, been It's Australia. so funny. You mentioned, you mentioned two places. I was going to go two extremes. Go ahead. Uh, Lapland, Northern Finland. Um, okay. 
Go for it. Let's Up go. Up by the Russian border. Let's go. Uh, fantastic in winter, fantastic in summer. Good fish. Even more interesting in summer because the the explosion of fruits and vegetables there and people don't understand that even on a country that uh well used to have some permafrost in the northern (laughs) northern part of it uh even though the growing season is very short it makes the i've never tasted better potatoes i've never tasted better strawberries that intense intense uh, uh short season that they have but remember, it's a 20-hour-a-day sun that goes across the sky. All night long. Just makes, makes you for, eat more. It makes for a better-tasting <laughs> fruit and vegetable. Then, and because I love the northern part of the country, I mean, I love you know, Helsinki, too. But at the end of the trip, if you're in northern Finland, you hop on the night train to Helsinki, 14, 16 hours, depending how far north you are, get a sleeper cabin. They're just decked to the nines. It's only like eighty or ninety dollars. You have a full bed, electricity in your cabin. I've got this place cabin. figured out with the, with the little glow domes you lay in and oh, the northern wonderful. lights. Wonderful, uh, up in, and they're in Done Finland. They're yeah, in, no, yeah. they're fantastic. Then on the flip side, I'm a big fan for southern and southwestern Africa. So that means Namibia, Botswana, and the country of South Africa. Um, if you're going to go that far Dirty down, Dirty Safari. That's what we're going to do. That's that's the where are you doing? My wife. Where are you doing well, that? Well, I've looked at Kruger. I've looked at you know no, all over the place. No, no, yeah, I've looked no, everywhere. No, Botswana. Botswana, okay. The, the best, if you're, I mean, people who are doing a once in a, you, people who are doing once in a lifetime trips, I know that part of the, the draw is the animals. So don't go to the place that was good 50 years ago or 30 years ago or 20 years ago. The Okavango Delta in Botswana probably has the greatest, uh, uh, diversity of wildlife, numbers of wildlife. So if you want to see animals and if you want to see Africa My wife's the way watching. it was a generation, two generations, three generations ago, Botswana is one of the last places that you could do it. And my friend uh, Ralph Bousfield has a company called Uncharted Africa. And he oh, has boy, both uh, he has both and that's where I go spend my money. own money. This I go spend my own money. cash. I feel in my pockets right um, now. This is not a promotion. <laughs> um, but Ralph's company, they have uh, they have uh, sedentary camps where it's a permanent location, tented that you can travel out of, but they also have um, uh, camps that are true safari where you pick up every couple of days and move to a different location. And it is as thrilling and as exciting a, a trip as you will ever have. Um, maybe last thing for you, because I know you're moving around. Uh, Baltimore Positive and things that we're trying to do in the city. We've mm-hmm. obviously had a corrupt mayor. We've had all sorts of problems. Education, crime, all of these issues. Mm-hmm. Feeding people in cities in America, something that's near and dear to your heart. Tell me about fixing cities that are thought to be broken or need more healing or need more leadership. Where are some places where you've seen major change over the course of a decade or two decades where a city has markedly improved from a bad state and kids go to school and eat better lunches than maybe they did 10 or 20 years ago. People on the streets are being better fed. We have food deserts in our city, in our city, and we, they're taking away from the most disadvantaged people or having their food stamp privileges taken. It, it's it's an incredible thing that's going Washington, on in our country. Washington, you know? D.C. has done a lot of stuff over the last couple of uh, 15 years, most notably because there's a lot of organizations based there. Uh, ones like Arcadia Farms that takes mobile markets. They, they have farms. They train farmers. They train vets 
to be farmers. Uh, we have 400,000 farmers who are going to be leaving farming over the next 30 years because they age out. Who's going to replace them? By the way, this is, a tough life. this is at a time when we're trying to decentralize food, not centralize it. So we need to be training uh, a new generation of uh, farmers to take over. Um, so a uh, place like Washington, D.C., uh, Oakland, California. Um, obviously, one of the advantages that Oakland has is they are a stone's throw from some of the best growing regions uh, in the country. So people there became connectors, you know, in the inner city of Oakland where they were having problem feeding people, where they were having problem with their school system. You had so many folks willing to change that. You had local leadership on the street, community organizers who said, you know something, you know, 40 miles away is some of the most fertile growing, uh, uh, fertile lands in America supplying the vast majority of fruits and vegetables to uh, the rest of the country. I get my strawberries they're leaving, in Watsonville, right? They're leaving, you know, 10, 15, 20% of the food either in the field uh, or in the warehouse. Let's take some of that and bring it in and start feeding kids, right? So you had connectors who were working there. I think the same thing can happen uh, in Baltimore. Maryland is, you know, it's, it's not Total. so far north that you're out of touch with the growing regions. You are a city that's on the water. You have a ton of passion. I think local leadership is going to step up and be step up and become citywide leadership because that new the one thing that I've observed, I mean, I'm 58 years old, so I've just been around, uh, you know, a little bit longer just to see some stuff. And where's home for you? When, just so we, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. When you see uh, citywide leadership change for whatever reason and leave a gap, a void, what steps in is almost always better. It's almost always better. That's great of you to I, say that. that really that's a hopeful think, thing. To well, I, I really think when I, when I look at all the people crapping all over a city that I love. I've shot a lot of TV there. I've spent a lot of time in Baltimore. I'm there every single year. Um, He's gonna call I have me a lot of friends. Year. I have a lot of friends who who live in and around the city. Um, well, you know the chef breaks, community. You yeah, know, it, it, I mean, breaks, it breaks my heart because the kindest, nicest people in the in the whole world that have loved me up every time I'm there. And I, you know, I really think that out of the, I mean. I look at all the people that are crapping over that city, and then I turn the page and I look at the flip side, and I see the dozens of community organizers, the citywide uh, nonprofits, this incredibly invested committee that says, uh, community that says, no, 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 we are not going to go gently into that good night. All right, no, I Baltimore that. is a vibrant, compelling community filled with people who were there three, four, five generations. They are not going anywhere. And I think from those ranks of community organizers is going to rise someone who has the the, the cult of personality necessary to galvanize all those other leaders, right? I mean, that's, that's just part of politics, right? You're going to run a city. You have to understand the cult of personality. You have to be someone that everyone is willing to get behind. You have to be a good compromiser, and you have to engage other people in compromise. And from this mess will come... I, I, I would bet you everything I have in my pocket, a decade from now, we're having a much different conversation about Baltimore. I felt the last time that I was there um, that there was, uh, within the city itself, a community renaissance. I think that's going to be tangible 10 years from now to the outside looking into that city. 
I love your hope, man. Thanks for coming by. Let's. Uh, I want to eat something. It makes people want to eat something with him. I don't, I don't know what we're going to eat. We're going to eat something. Going to get some stone crabs. I've had the best Cuban food down here. Yeah, it's spectacular. I have a little Cuban plate. I had, I had Venezuelan arepas last night yeah. with a proper ice cold polar. Yes. Way to go. So I, that's what I did last night. Right on. Miami I did. I did. Uh, I did stone crab uh, from a local seafood shop that I stuck in the fridge at my hotel and went down to the beach and sat there uh, at ten o'clock at night, toes in the sand, and, and ate stone crab Attaboy. and answered uh, emails. It was really exciting. This makes you the coolest guy in South Florida. <laughs> it's <was> really exciting. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate. Yeah, it. I really appreciate it too. Give my Take best care. to Wayne and everybody. Likewise, Who's the band thanks, playing this year? You know. You oh my! See now you're going to ask oh, me know. a trick question. Yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's all, all it's I know mystery. is tastethenfl.com. Go check it out. Well, they, buy a they always have great bands. So I just, I just well, great, incredible. You know music. why they have great bands? Because Wayne was in a band. You Correct. Know, remember when Wayne was Correct. a rock star? Oh yes. I long, almost didn't want to believe it. It was a long, long time ago. But yes, he was the bass player in in a very serious rock and roll band. And he's got the cover. I've seen the yeah. album. His daughter is that. He's he loves that to carry that around. And uh, but but when he came on twenty years ago, he would always tell me. So we would always be into the bands. So yes, it's part. Of oh, I remember what it is. With so much great uh, uh, music here in Miami, okay. this city moves to a musical beat. Uh, we have a super group put together. I think it's by uh, one of J Lo's producers. One of these like Latin, heavy Latin? duty famous okay. you know music guys here has put together an all star band uh, that is performing tonight. I mean, it's it's between like the twelve of them. There's like a hundred Grammys. On the stage, it's insane. Probably not hard to it's do. It's insane, it's and I thought that was a really fun idea for tonight. All right, let's go eat something good. Andrew Zimmern here. Always uh, plug away. You said MSNBC. You, you had a you had Sunday thing. night. Yeah, go ahead. Sunday night, February 16th, the premiere of What's Eating America with Andrew Zimmern, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central, MSNBC. Go to andrewzimmern.com for all things Andrew Zimmern. Man gave me Korean snow ice. It changed my life. That's all I can say. We are live at Super Bowl 54. All of our coverage brought to you by friends at Sporticulture and our friends at Liberty Pure, as well as Raskin Global. We are WNST.net, AM 1570 at WNST, Baltimore Positive. And we never stop telling great stories that make you hungry.